Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the extraterrestrials who are uh, plotting to take control of the planet from the human race uh, as we speak, according to uh, David M. Jacobs, a retired professor from Temple University. Uh, I just thought it'd be a good idea that we should get to know these uh, beings. Uh, why not just go over uh, exactly what we're dealing with here? Uh, but anyway, before I get going on this, I just want to say that, uh, you know, really the, this cover-up, this ongoing cover-up really could turn out to be one of the biggest boners ever uh, to be committed by the military-industrial complex and the Pentagon and world governments across this globe. Uh, because when you really think about it, uh, had the scientific community been brought in on this problem a long time ago and told the truth, had the whole world been told the truth back in the 1950s, then we might not be in the situation we are in right now. Then again, maybe it doesn't matter. We really don't know. Uh, but maybe David Jacobs is incorrect. But again, uh, like I've mentioned in other podcasts, the, the problem is is that there really isn't that many other people out there who study the alien abduction phenomenon. And uh, uh, he's one of the people who has uh, you know, investigated this. And because of that, uh, we have to go by his word. He's, he's, I, I believe he's an expert because he has interviewed people who are abducted. And from, from those interviews and uh, from regref- regressive hypnosis sessions with these individuals, uh, he has uh, come to some certain conclusions. And those conclusions paint an ugly picture for the future of mankind. Uh, but I could, I, I just going back to 1947 when this uh, UFO business first started taking off. Uh, I could understand why at first the government officials would not want to say anything initially. But by the mid 1950s, it was time. The time was to tell the that was the time to tell the truth. I believe uh, you go back and you read books by Major Donald Kehoe, um, who. Was a Pentagon insider and 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 thought that this uh, and was the first person to actually recognize to actually talk, call out the government for uh, being too secretive about this and not wanting to tell the public the truth, and because of that, uh, we are now in a position where uh, we're just starting to uh, get there. Uh, disclose uh, some some form of disclosure is finally starting to happen. It feels like uh, sometimes, but sometimes it still feels like at the same time that there are still elements within governments and within the secret control group that do not want the public to know what's going on. And uh, because of this, because of this cover-up, be, the, the scientists of the world were unable to study this. They thought that that was ridiculous. They went by uh, what government officials were telling them, that it's all nonsense. I mean, if you go back to the Robertson panel of 1953, that was the beginning of, hey, let's uh, let's call anybody who sees these things crazy and let's create a stigma around it so people forget about it. You know, And then meanwhile, the secret control group is studying this by itself uh, behind closed doors and secret locations, and they have a program they did, that they developed to recover uh, crashed craft and alien bodies and, and reverse engineering programs. They focused on that. But the problem is, is if, is if what David Jacobs uh, contends is true, then we're all in big trouble. And what does he say? David Jacobs says that, well, there's uh, a hybridization program ongoing and that there are beings here that are slowly assimilating themselves into our society. And right now, right among us right now, there are aliens walking among us that look like humans, and uh, they are the final result, the final product of this hybridization pro- uh, program. Uh, so basically, 
Uh, I, I've read uh, David Jacobs' books, uh, including The Threat and Walking Among Us. There are the two pertinent ones. The Threat I read back in the late 1990s. That was published in 1998. And then uh, more recently, in 2015, he wrote a book called Walking Among Us. And uh, I've read that book, and that was uh, a great update uh, after all that time uh, to his research. And uh, anyway, I'm going to read a, little, a couple of sections from that book, uh, from Walking Among Us, uh, and we're going to start on page 20, uh, where, where Jacob says that he has, at the, by this point, he has rethought the aliens' origins based on their physical appearance and activities. And he says here, my new hypotheses is that the insectolins, he calls insects, the insect-like aliens, the praying mantis aliens, the one that ones that look like ants, he calls them insectolins, he calls uh, reptilians reptilins, and then you have the tall grays, the small grays, and then you have hybrids, and the different various stages of hybrids, and uh, and then the final result, hybrids, uh, which are humans, and they're among us right now, sprinkled throughout the globe, for what purpose we know not. Anyway, <clears throat> he says here, my new hypothesis is that the insectolins are either the original aliens or the least hybridized. Uh, their morphology is the least humanoid and therefore the most alien. I contend, therefore, that they hybridized all the other aliens on board a UFO, with the possible exception of the reptilians. In the process of hybridization, I include cloning, especially for greys. The evidence for this may be slim, but the inclusion answers questions that have heretofore been inexplicable. With the possible exception of the insectolins and reptilians, all other aliens on board are hybrids. So what he's saying here is uh, what some people uh, have, some researchers believe, even without his research. I mean, uh, some people believe that the gray aliens are actually biological robots. That's been something that's been discussed and, and bandied about for, for decades now, that these things are not, that these things were created. Uh, and, and that's what it looks like based on the research of, uh, of David Jacobs, who had hypnotized over a thousand different people, victims of alien abduction, and uh, his, his he believes that the small grays are basically uh, the worker bees. But anyway, let's go through this uh, alien spectrum t uh, table that he has here in his book. And the top of the the top of the uh, food chain is the insectolins. And what does he say about them? He says they're praying mantis-like, six plus feet tall with a thin body very strong neural engagement. They only communicate telepathically. They have a vaguely triangular hairless head, very large, fully black almond-shaped eyes, uh, pointed diagonally down toward uh, pointed bottom of head, nose, ear holes, or mouth rarely reported, and there's no, there are no chins. The gender of these creatures is unknown. Uh, there's no apparent humanoid musculature. Uh, they also, there's no apparent humanoid heart lung system, no identifiable reproductive or waste removal organs, no identifiable gender. A lot of these pe people who see these uh, creatures, they assume that they're male, uh, and the energy and their food intake is absolutely unknown. And then some of the other things he says, the function role of these beings seems to be to oversee abduction operation. Uh, they seem to be in command. They sometimes conduct preliminary examinations on abductees. Um, uh, some wear robes with an extremely high collar, uh, perhaps indicating superior authority over other insectolins. 
and uh, they can engage in some sub- substantive conversations. Sometimes some of the abductees get into conversations with these beings, but a lot of the times, according to Jacobs, if you read his books, it seems that they just they're standing in the background watching the process unfold uh, the, during the abductions. And so then the another the other being here he has listed is small grays. Uh, they're three to three and a half feet tall and very thin, uh, strong neural engagement, <clears throat> only communicate telepathically, large hairless heads, large black almond shaped eyes pointing toward nose holes, non-functioning slit for a mouth, nose and ear, ear holes, pointed chin, no identifiable reproductive or waste removal organs, no apparent musculature, no apparent circulatory system. Uh, when cut, a clear liquid comes out of the wound. So basically, it's not they don't have blood like we have. No gender identification. They're, they're assumed to be male. Uh, energy and food intake is unknown. Uh, assumed skin absorption of liquid nutrients. Now, that's something we, a lot of us have talked about before, uh, that, these, that these beings, uh, the greys, absorb nut- nutrition through their skin. Some people have seen them in tanks. It's unknown whether that's where they're absorbing their nutrition or maybe sometimes that's where they're excreting their waste. We really don't know. Or maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe that's how they how handle both of those uh, uh, things that they have to do. Uh, what they what, the, what are their small grays? They're, they're, they seem to be the helpers. They abduct humans and they take them on board UFOs. They help abductees uh, take off and put on their clothes. They escort abductees around UFOs for scheduled procedures. Uh, they perform mental functions like, uh, uh, excuse me, they they perform menial functions like cleaning human urine and vomit. So basically, they're they're the, they're the bottom of the food chain in the, uh, with these aliens. It seems uh, they they with, with the aliens themselves, the things that look alien. But then there's the hybrids, which is another uh, another layer here. Okay, then the tall grays. They're four to four point five inches feet tall and very thin. They have strong neural engagement. They only communicate telepathically. Uh, they have lar- large hairless heads, large black almond-shaped eyes pointing toward nose holes, non-functioning slit for mouths, nose and ear, ear holes, pointed chins, uh, no apparent heart or lungs, no identifiable reproductive or waste removal organs, identifiable as male or female. Yes, there are some people that say they sometimes these beings seem to be female, sometimes they seem to be male. Uh, a lot of the uh, literature I've read, it seems a lot of times these tall grays are uh, female-like. Uh, and their energy, food, uh, through skin absorption uh, of liquid nutrients. Uh, so that's what they think. That's what Jacobs is saying, that they do receive their energy or food through skin absorption. Uh, what the, what do these great beings, uh, tall grays, do? They perform the more complex procedures, the egg and sperm harvesting, uh, embryo implantation, and fetal extraction uh, they abduct they abduct humans sometimes themselves and take them on board UFOs, but they are the ones that are doing the medical procedures. Uh, and then there are the reptilins. Uh, and he calls them reptilin uh, hybrids here. Uh, he doesn't. He, I guess it's unknown what they really are. Uh, if they're if they're pure, uh, if these beings are this is the way they were, uh, they evolved, or if they were manipulated somehow by the insectilins. But these things are five to six feet tall. They have a snake-like head. Uh, there are a lot of different descriptions for this. He says uh, they, they have neural engagements. Uh, the neural engagement strength for these beings is unknown. They only communicate telepathically. The eyes are described as cat-like or more humanoid, not fully black. The nose and ear holes are rarely reported. 
Uh, they do have a mouth, uh, no apparent l heart or and or lungs, no identifiable reproductive or waste removal organs. Uh, the gender is unknown. Uh, some people assume that they're male, uh, some abductees, and the energy and their food sources are unknown. Um, what do they do? They, they, uh, they perform more complex physical procedures and question abductees about events in their lives. That's what they do. Uh, uh, but these things are also prevalent. This, this is a certain group of beings, apparently, that are working together. Um, we don't know what the other beings that people report are up to, or maybe they're all part of the same uh, cabal here. We just have no clue. But uh, when people are getting abducted, these are the beings that seem to be working together. Um, some of these other creatures that we hear of, uh, uh, they're one-offs a lot of times, like the Pascagoula robots that came out of a craft and uh, picked up Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker and dragged them into a, a, a spacecraft. I mean, what are they? Are they are they connected to these things? We have no idea. And then there are all other sorts of beings that people report. And okay, moving on here, uh, the next is the humanoid hybrids, uh, early stage. Uh, these are gray, alien-looking, but human-shaped faces with small facial features. They're five and a half. They're five to five and a half feet tall. They have a thin body, thin, wispy hair, small noses and mouths, small or no ears, small amount of white uh, sclera in their large but human-shaped eyes, uh, small pointed chins. They're male and females. Uh, heart and or lungs are unknown. Existence of reproductive or waste removal organs unknown. Neural engagement strength unknown. They only communicate telepathically. Uh, energy, food through skin absorption of liquid nutrients. And these beings, these uh, early stage hybrids, they, they, they seem to be used as caretakers for hybrid babies and toddlers. So basically they, they're, they're given a purpose. They're created for that purpose apparently. Uh, or... Who knows? <laughs> Who knows exactly how how this works? But according, that's what that's what uh, Jacob says here. Uh, and then there's the humanoid hybrids middle stage. Uh, the uh, the the faces are half alien, half human. They're five and a half. They're five feet to five five foot eight inches tall. Medium to uh, thick hair. Small mouths and noses. Small, often pointed chins. Eyes have more white, but still too little for normal humans. Heart and lung capacity unknown. They too, according to Jacobs, uh, are they're, they're caretakers for hybrid toddlers and older children. And they, they also uh, perform procedures on humans, I guess, alongside the uh, tall greys. Also, uh, some other things with these uh, beings. Uh, their existence of the reproductive or waste removal uh, organs is unknown. They're male and female. Energy and food is, uh, intake is unknown. Medium strength, neural engagement, and they only communicate telepathically. They also help small greys process abductees on board, escort abductees around UFOs, tend to be more communicative than greys or early stage humanoids. So if you were to see one of these uh, middle stage or early stage hum uh, hybrids on the street, uh, you would know something's wrong. Uh, However, if you were to see one of these uh, late-stage humanoids, you might not. You know, you might not be able to tell. And according to Jacobs, uh, they look human, except that they may not have pubic or body hair. They're five feet tall to five feet ten inches tall. They can easily pass for humans, uh, male or female. Irises can appear to be too large. They have normal head hair, normal reproductive and waist functions. They're male and female. Energy and food through the mouths. They have medium neural engagement. Uh, they communicate mainly telepathically, but also can talk verbally. 
Uh, they do perform procedures on abductees. They leave UFOs to bring abductees on board. Uh, they may develop special relationships with abductees, often attaching themselves to female abductees from an early age as personal project hybrids. Uh, they often enforce rules, making sure that abductees comply with the program. Uh, they do not live on the planet Earth. Uh, they, they can be commutative. Uh, they help hybrids, hybrids integrate, or excuse me, they help hybrids integrate, and we're going to get into the hybrids uh, next here, uh, or coming up here soon. Uh, humanoid hybrids, human stage advanced and security hybrids. This is the next level right before hybrids. Uh, these beings are physically indistinguishable from humans. They're five foot six to five foot ten inches tall. They're single-minded in their functions. Functions. Uh, the security hybrids are all male. Um, advanced hybrids are male and female. Eat through uh, mouths. Medium neural engagement. Uh, they communicate both telepathically and verbally. And uh, also, uh, they serve as security hybrids. They protect the hybrids who are living on Earth and make sure there are no security breaches. Um, they help hybrids integrate. They ensure abductees' secrecy. Uh, they advance uh, advanced hybrids come to Earth to obtain housing for hybrids and independence. So basically, basically, this is like the the agents, the top secret agents for this, this these. Uh, uh, for this alien group, according to Jacobs. They help obtain materials for furnishing apartments for the hubrids, which are integrated right now in our society, according to Jacobs. They help train abductees for future tasks. Uh, they may live on Earth. Really, really don't know. They're probably going in, live on Earth sometimes. They're probably hanging out in the UFOs, uh, talking shop with the insectolins. Uh, who knows? And then finally, the last stage here is the hubrids. Uh, this is the end result. Uh, they're an independent. They're very independent, and uh, and they they uh, live in groups too. Uh, they're human in every way except specific neural functions. They're five foot six inches to five foot ten inches tall. They're telepathic and verb. They use telepathic and verbal communication. They're broad-minded. They're male and female. They can learn to be citizens. They have medium to weak neural engagement. <clears throat> They live on Earth and seamlessly blend into society. Group hybrids learn as much about Earth society as possible. They live together in twos or threes. Independent hybrids learn as much as possible about human life. They live alone but also maintain contact with their UFOs. Independents help group hybrids integrate. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there's there are hybrid beings living among us right now, and I don't know why they're here and what the plan is, but. Uh, According to Jacobs, at some point in the future, there's going to be some big change. Um, and when that change comes, maybe we'll know what's happened. Maybe it's happening right now and we don't even know it. Maybe it's a slow-moving uh, process. Who knows what it's all about? Uh, but basically, it's almost like uh, uh, the Vikings. You know, They would assimilate into a society. They would go someplace. They would uh, conquer some some. Uh, some village somewhere they would integrate themselves into the uh, they would breed with the people there and they would also adapt uh, some of the the people who whom they conquered they would uh, uh, embrace some of their uh, culture uh, and, and so it was a mixture is that's what's happening here uh, could be uh, could be that uh, maybe they're just planning on taking over this planet at some point in the future and then boot the rest of the human beings off and keep some of us some of the abductees as uh, slaves to uh uh, assist them through their uh, lives. I don't know. 
but again, again, I think that it's a big. It was a big mistake for the cover up because now you have this now. Now because because they didn't foresee that. Nobody who could have foreseen something like that. If you're in the government, and and if this is real, right? If this is if this what Jacob contends is uh, is happening. If that's real, if that is actually happening, then there's no way that the the people back in the 40s and 50s could have ever foreseen that. They they never would have believed it. Uh, I mean, it sounds incredible to me. I have trouble believing it, but. When you read Jacob's books, it sounds very reasonable. It sounds like it is happening. He makes it sound like it is real, and, and he's, he's come to this conclusion. He's one who's he's the one who's done the research. I haven't. Not like he has, right? He's actually met with all these people, uh, and a lot of these people, you know, they tell him things that nothing that was never written about before, right? And then it's it, it's like, wow, this person's saying the same thing as this person about what's going on. So, and this is never this this doesn't appear in any of the UFO literature. How could they have known known about this? There's no way. They they couldn't it could, couldn't be some sort of a collaboration, uh, but yeah that that's the situation we're in because of the cover up. Now we have this going on for decades now, and now it's at a point now where they're they're living among us, and who knows how close they are to uh, uh, initiating this change to bring it bring it bringing it on finally. I'm just going to read a little bit more from uh, Jacob's book here. He says on page 25, most aliens and hybrids perform tasks for which they have been created and do not appear to think past their own particular functions dissatisfaction with their position is highly unlikely they are willing functionaries in a complex system Uh, the exception may be the ubrids living on earth their full relationship to onboard aliens is unknown aliens do not have individual names they are apparently unnecessary in their telepathic society thus abductees give humanoids hybrids names because of this each one may have many names the absence of a name reflects the aliens adherence to a group ethic the collective and their lack of personal identity and independence within the group when he talks about the insectal leaders here i wanted to go i wanted to get into that a little bit he says here insectalans appear to be the ones in command they seem superior in intellect and in breadth of understanding they do not have the well-ordered routine by which grays abide and therefore they are less structured they do not perform commonplace tasks like physically taking humans into a ufo or guiding them through the corridors into rooms They sometimes conduct preliminary examinations on abductees, although these procedures are generally left to the greys. They employ neural engagement, and abductees report that they perform the most penetrating and strongest neural engagement of all aliens. They appear to have more knowledge of the program than other aliens. Abductees report that some insectilans wear robes or cloaks with extremely high collars that rise above where ears would be on humans. Researchers do not understand the role of these robe-wearing insectilans, and abductees almost never describe them as involved with common abduction procedures. It is possible that they have a higher status than other insectilans, but more research is needed to understand their function. Insectilans are extremely logical and appear to lack a human-like emotional life. Abductees' descriptions of their personalities and communication patterns indicate that they care little about human civilization. To them, humans are an inferior species who are almost childlike in their ability to think and whom they can manipulate not only individually but societally as well. And they also seem to have no sense of human morality or ethics, although they may have their own characteristic morality. For them, abducting people is a logical means to an end, Jacobs writes. Thus, their ability to think rationally is similar to that of humans, whose history is replete with grand-scale attempts to exploit other humans who are considered inferior. In the insectilans' minds, we are the inferior ones ripe for exploitation. Now, there's a lot more to this, but I'm going to 
you know, I highly suggest anyone out there who's interested in this subject to, if you haven't read it already, if you don't have it in your library, you really should have Walking Among Us by David Jacobs in your library. Uh, it's not something to read right before you go to bed, though, I tell you. Uh, however, I mean, this, these are the beings. The insectalins ones are the ones who will be in charge, according to Jacobs, once this change comes to be, comes to pass. A uh, lot to look forward to there. Really nice, really nice stuff. Thanks a lot, government, for keeping this a secret for so long. Now we're going. Now when it, when this change finally comes about, we're all going to be completely caught with our pants down. Thanks to the governments of the world. What a boner play that was to keep this secret for this long. If this turns out to be, I mean, we we might be finished right now for all we know. If this is true. I'm not sure. I have trouble believing it. I'm sure a lot of people out there have trouble believing it. There's a lot of people out there in the UFO community who believe that these aliens are here for a really good purpose and they're trying to help the human race. But uh, from the research conducted by people like David Jacobs, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like they're, they're here to take over. And that's what we're, we're right, right now, that's what they're doing. They're, they're in the process of making that happen. Uh, and uh, it's very scary. That's all I could say about it. But hey, there are the aliens uh, that are, are responsible, the insectolins ones, the praying mantis ones, they're the ones in charge. They might be your master uh, in a not uh, too distant future. Uh, and you could thank the uh, world governments for keeping this a secret for so long. Maybe, maybe had we been uh, studying this, the scientific community had been studying this since the 1950s, we would be able to know a little bit better about uh, a little bit more about what, what these things are and what they're up to. And maybe we could have came up with something to stop them. But this doesn't sound like you can stop it. How could you stop something like this? I don't know. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's best that we don't know. Maybe it's best that we were. most of the world has been living in oblivion for all this time because, hey, when the change comes, <laughs> enjoy life while it lasts, right? Enjoy it right now, and then someday the change is going to happen. It's going to be all for nothing. All of these dreams and hopes that all of us have go crashing down, come tumbling down, and it's all over. So maybe it's better that the most of the world doesn't know. And the rest of us, I don't, I'm not even know if I, I don't even know if I know. I'm not sure if I think that this is exactly what's happening. But again, I'm not the one who researched it. This guy did. I mean, there should have been more scientists researching this, researching abductions, instead of just sit, sitting back in their armchairs and uh, uh, pro making procl proclamations that all of it's uh, not real just because they don't believe it or they don't want to accept it. But that's what's been going on for all these years. You have a whole bunch of people, people some people, uh, psychologists, for instance, who just think it's absurd? Oh, that can't be! That can't be! So I just don't believe it. So this this guy is wrong. Uh, but this guy is one of the only people that's investigated this stuff. I mean, that's it's easy to sit back in a chair and uh, at your house and not do anything into about this, not think about it even for five seconds, and then just make a proclamation. I hereby declare that this alien hybridization program is absolutely absurd and it is not happening. It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that. Very easy to do that, but it doesn't mean that that's, uh, that's true. Just because you don't believe it or it sounds too ridiculous to you doesn't mean that it's not true. Uh, but unfortunately, we are in this position now, and we have to live with it, I guess. Uh, maybe may, maybe we, maybe the world, because here's the, that's one of the problems when you really think about it, right? When you really think about disclosure, once, once people start, like, once, once the reality of the situation is, is uh, provided to the public, right? If, say, the government steps forward and says, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, there are extraterrestrials here. Then people are going to start looking a little bit deeper. They're going to find books by David Jacobs. Some people that don't even have never even heard of this stuff before. They're going to start reading this and they're going to start understanding the the severity of the of the problem here, the the de implications, the deep implications. 
I mean, right now, this has been going on. We, we, we've been hearing about abductions since the 1950s, and some people say it was actually, Jacobs thinks it was going on since the 1920s, perhaps. We don't really know how long it's going on, but it seemed to become really prevalent. People really started reporting this stuff. Uh, you had uh, cases in the 50s, and then in the 60s, it really started picking up. In the 70s and 80s, it was big time. You have people like Whitley Strieber talking about it. I mean, now people are going to start looking at that once once this reality of is presented to the world, the the, the truth is finally granted. Then they're, then they're going to be it's going to be a shocker. It makes it harder. It would have been a lot. It makes it harder to disclose actually by by continuing to cover it. It makes it harder to disclose. It would have been better to ha- had we all learned about this stuff as as we went along rather than learning about it all at once. Because there's some people out there I could tell you right now who just never even considered anything like this. This is going to sound completely like science fiction to them and, and out of this world because it really does, right? But it could be. It could exp- it explains things, right? It, it 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 wraps it up in a bow when you think about what's going on here. This why the beings themselves are very secretive anyway uh yeah uh, anyway that's that's the, these are the beings that are responsible these are the ones who are behind the scenes and 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 uh and who are working to basically absorb humankind basically like the blob it's like the blob they're gonna, gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger until finally they just take over uh, anyway uh moving on I received uh, a comment from somebody recently on my Spotify podcast. Uh, and this was, uh, somebody said, because I actually read a story from somebody, Utah John, uh, one of my followers on Utah, YouTube, uh, provided uh, uh, a story of an encounter that uh, uh, somebody had with extraterrestrials, with an extraterrestrial, rather, some sort of a strange story. It was very good, I thought. And somebody on spotify asked b train 0031 said i enjoyed utah john's story do followers send you stories often i'd like to hear more if they do well actually yes they do send me stories in fact i i when i do get some good ones i do talk about them uh, i know i've talked there was I, I sometimes i received them in emails too i received one uh in an e some uh a story in a neat from me in an email from uh a follower uh or i guess it was earlier this year uh, was somebody who was in the Air Force, and when he was a recruit, him and others were tested for alien implants, and he actually he said he had one in him, and that was one of the podcasts that I did. I did something on that. So yes, I do uh, relay stories from some of the followers. I'm going to relay one right now for one of my YouTube followers, Matt Sapiro. Uh, this is a this is a good one. I thought uh, he says here in 1995, I had a girlf- girlfriend who told me about a weird experience she had when she was about 11 years old in Boulder, Colorado. In the very early 80s, when it was a tiny town up against the mountain, her mom was woken, had, had woken her up and taken her to the window where they stood staring at a classic UFO literally resting on the ground at the base of the mountain in the middle of town. It was silver with a row of lights rotating around the center. They stood there for several minutes in a sort of trance, and the mother eventually said, let's go to bed, while the UFO was clearly still there. The next morning, the mom asked if she remembered. She said yes, and the mom said, let's not talk about that again. She drew, 
uh, her his, uh, his girlfriend drew at the time. She drew me what she remembered the craft looked like. She hadn't talked to her mom about the experience since it happened. I dropped the subject. When her mom visited, I sat her down and asked her to tell me what happened back in Boulder. She hesitated, but then said she was driving back home from a party way on the other side of town when she saw the UFO at the base of the mountain and she freaked out. She drove like a crazy person out of the way to avoid the UFO. Then she came up to her house and just remembers getting her daughter and the two standing there and the rest is identical i had her draw the craft and it was identical to what her daughter had drawn to me um and he says so what was the ufo and any possible occupants doing in the center of that small town in the middle of the night one can only imagine did do they do this to uh, lots of other small towns in the middle of nowhere even today uh, so i thought that was an interesting story uh there was I'll I'll leave. Uh, it, I, he actually provided this story uh, on the YouTube version of the episode entitled uh, uh, First Person to Capture Extraterrestrial on Ring Camera Wins One Million Dollars." So uh, yeah, check that. If you if you go to the YouTube version of that story, you'll find Matt Sapiro's story uh, about that encounter. Yeah, what was the UFO just sitting there on the on the bottom of the mountain base in Boulder, Colorado, back in the early '80s? What was it doing there? Uh, maybe what we were just talking about here. Maybe it was uh, people were getting abducted at the time, and they're in, uh, you know, engaged in the hybridization program right, right then and there with the praying mantises standing on the, uh, uh, off to the side there, uh, uh, issuing orders to the tall grays and and watching the uh, the procedures. Uh, that's probably what was happening. Yeah, I know a lot of people out there think that these things are here for 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 really good purposes to help the human race and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. After reading, when you read David Jacobs, I don't know about that. It doesn't seem to uh, doesn't seem to be the case. Now, at least with some of them, maybe some of them are coming here just checking us out and then going off on their uh, merry way to other planets to explore. Maybe that's what some of them are doing. But not these things. These things are hanging out and they're up to something. And it ain't good, whatever it is. It's not good, if it's real. Uh, I mean, look look at the whole situation, though. Doesn't it make sense? I mean, uh, you have the uh, the hybridization program. You have the cattle mutilations. Are they using cow blood for their hybridization program? Or are they using it for, for food purposes? I mean, these beings have to eat something, right? These in- insect beings. I mean, insects, some insects drink blood, so that makes sense, right? It all ties together. It all makes sense to me. Uh, it's a good explanation, I think, even though it does sound crazy. But it, it, you, nobody wants to believe it. That's the whole thing. Nobody would want to, and, and no human being would want to believe something like this is happening. Uh, but if it is, I don't know if there's anything that could be done about it. I'm not sure. Even if, even if they didn't, even if they had disclosed the truth a long time ago, like say in the 50s or 60s, even if the governments had come forward and talked about this to the public way back then, I'm not sure if we would have been able to do anything about this, uh, even if that happened. Uh, but we would have had a better chance, I would say that. So I, re- I really believe that the, the cover-up is really hurting the human race in, in ways that we couldn't even have imagined uh, when this phenomenon became uh, a big deal back in 1947. Anyway, I want to say thank you for joining me. Until next time. <laughs>